there are a lot of outside costs, for example, that go into insurance itself. You may not always, uh, as they say, get what you pay for, um, which is, is a challenge. Health shares really try and change that dynamic. We try and really make a direct correlation between your healthcare needs, your situations, and the cost. Hello, welcome to the Better Outcome Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Each episode, we bring you a conversation with leaders across the healthcare industry, exploring topics ranging from new treatment techniques and interventions to novel service delivery methods and business models. And now your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions, a leader in patient engagement and retention strategy. Let's explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Well, hello again. Welcome to another episode of the Better Outcomes Show. I'm your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions, but I guess you caught that from the intro already. And if you are looking at developing an effective healthcare positioning strategy, if you want to be able to develop an effective, succinct, and unique positioning strategy for your healthcare device, technology, software company, or even your healthcare organization that helps you say the right thing to the right audience, check out what we call the Healthcare Positioning Alignment Workshop. I know we're really original with our names, but in that workshop, we will help you answer the questions, value to whom, and once you understand that, then we'll help you better define the problem you address, how that problem is solved today, and how that's inefficient, painful, whatever, how your solution is more effective, and then why your solution is different, sustainable, and ties into the greater industry trends that you're plugging into. So ultimately, we're able to help you identify the unique value you bring to your customers and to your clients. If you want to learn more about that, head on over to positioning.rehabupracticesolutions.com. That's positioning.rehab, the letter U, solutions.com. All right, enough about that. Well, this episode has been a while in the making. I know that I've mentioned the topic of this episode several times kind of in passing, and I might as well just tell you what it is. So we're talking about health shares, which are different than health insurance companies. And I think I mentioned it maybe when I was, you know, we've done two or three episodes with direct primary care physicians or people that are allowing and, and providing a platform for those kind of providers to, to run their practices. And in those conversations, I know I mentioned in passing, oh, I haven't had health insurance in seven years, and I don't know if, I, if I'd ever go back. And part of the reason for that is, one, because health insurances are super expensive, and if you're self-employed like myself, um, even if you've got a company and you've got a team and you think you have enough of pool to get uh, good coverage for your people, it's just not always affordable if you want to keep the lights on. So very early on in my career as a consultant, when I first left the Department of Veterans Affairs, um, we were making really good money, but we had no health insurance. And at the time I was young, uh, I mean, I still am relatively young, I, I'd, I'd like to think so. Um, <laughs> I'm not looking at 40 in the rear view yet, so I still say I'm young. Um, but at the time, my wife and I had uh, maybe, we had two kids. And um, we were still young. We knew we were going to probably have one or two more. And uh, we needed some way to pay for that because, you know, delivering a child is expensive. So um, I asked around some of the other colleagues at the firm that I was consulting with, that I was contracting with. And I said, what do you all do for health insurance? Because some of the stuff on the, you know, on the exchange or on the, in the private market is like super high deductible, um, catastrophic plans, which is great. But the premiums are out through the roof as well. And one of my colleagues at the time said, oh, well, I use a health share. And I said, tell me more. And he said, oh, it's basically like crowdfunding for your, for your healthcare needs. Um, his was tied through a church and you had to be a good standing member in your church and, and all of that. Um, you had to get, like, get a letter from your pastor saying that you were in good standing. And from what I understand, and, and my guest this week, um, Seth Saunders from ZionHealthShare.org, says that that's kind of where this movement, this health share movement stemmed out of. And now there's obviously multiple 
avenues. You don't need to have one that's specifically tied to your uh, religious affiliation. However, um, that's the one that my colleague was using. It was, uh, I can't remember the name of it. I think it was like uh, Christian Healthcare Ministries or Christian Healthcare um, Organization, something like that. And he said, well, basically we get, we pay per incident and then um, there's like a, an amount that's not shareable. That's kind of like the deductible. And after that, everything is paid for. Um, and you know, for me, the, the premiums were relatively affordable, were, were really affordable, like a third of the price of a private health insurance company. I said, Oh, we'll give it a try. And we've been through my wife and I, my family and I have been on three or four different health shares over the years. Full disclosure, uh, my guest, Seth, is the president of Zion Health, um, and you can find them at zionhealthshare.org. They're the health share uh, company that my wife and my family and I have been on whew, for the past several years now. Um, so I'm not affiliated with them in any way, uh, but you can go check them out. We've been very happy with them. But we did the we started the the health share uh, membership back in 2017, give or take, I think when, except for a very, very small stint when I was a, a professor at a university and I was on a plan there for like six or eight months before I decided to finally strike out on my own for good. Um, well, maybe not for good. Who knows? I might ever, I might go back and, and teach again. I did like that job a lot, but, um, Basically, since 2017, my family and I have been on a health share. And I tell people all the time when we have discussions about health care and the costs and how, you know, how is it that you can afford health care coverage when you're self-employed or, or whatever. And I usually start the conversation with, oh, I haven't had health care, like I haven't had health insurance in you know seven years, six years, whatever it is. Um, and at this point, I don't know if I'd go back. And people are like, oh, my gosh. But the reality is. At this stage in the game, uh, we've had uh, three uh, children or three babies born on a health share. We've had a couple surgeries. Uh, I think I shared in a, a re previous episode about my son who had a supracondylar fracture, like mega displacement, had to go get an ORIF done. And uh, we did all that on a health share. And it was honestly, since moving to a health share, just from personal experience, it is honestly one of the most seamless, it should be anyways, the most seamless healthcare transaction out there. Because essentially, we're cash pay patients. That's how we're addressed. We're, we're, we're addressed as private pay. So we that's what we tell people when we go see somebody at the doctor. You know, We don't have health insurance. We either get a global rate, we pay a global fee, or we pay the, the heavily discounted um, private pay or cash pay rate. And then we submit that for reimbursement. And with the exception of one health share company that just took, they grew too fast, too quickly, and they took way too long to reimburse for some things, it's been a relatively stress-free uh, stress -free experience. All of my experiences with health share companies have been relatively positive. The reason we've changed the few times we've changed have, have really just been for maybe coverage issues or like I said, speed of reimbursement in some cases, which helps with cash flow. But otherwise, in my mind, and this is why I brought up direct primary care earlier, it's, it's another avenue that takes the, uh, the ambiguity of healthcare and puts it aside because it's very transparent. We're making real connections between, okay, this is how much this service is going to cost, this procedure is going to cost. This is how much I know I'm gonna to have to pay because of the way the health share is set up. This is the initial unshareable amount and everything else, as long as it's approved, is gonna be covered. So it makes it very simple. I don't have to worry about coinsurance and percentages and did I hit my deductible? Is this an, in uh, an incident where the copay takes place and not the coinsurance or vice versa? You know, it's it can be very, very complicated. And then again, when you pair it with something like a direct primary care relationship, now we're we're really looking at the relationship between the clinician and the patient, which I've really enjoyed, um, and then paying for it and making it a, an affordable, it's much more affordable. I can't imagine uh, paying for health insurance on the private market for me and my family of seven, um, 
and being able to afford the premiums and the copays and the coinsurance and this is your deductible it's just it's much more simple for us to do a health share i'm a big proponent big advocate of health shares um, but i feel like i'm beating a dead horse now so anyways my guest as i've mentioned is seth saunders he is the president of zion um zion health share and you can find them at zionhealthshare.org if you want to learn more. We have a wide-ranging conversation, basically defining what is a health share, how is that different than a health insurance company or a health insurance provider, what are some things that you want to look for when you're evaluating health share versus health insurance, and then once, if you make the decision, to move forward with a health share, what are the, what are the types of things you need to be worried about or not worried about or look into when you're evaluating different health shares. Because as Seth says, some of them are set up based off of religious preference or religious affiliation. Some of them are set up around specific um, values and you wanna make sure that your values align because again, this is a, it's a different relationship than a health insurance company. So anyways, I enjoyed the conversation. Hopefully you do as well. Without further ado, here is Seth and, in my conversation talking specifically about a health share and what is a health share and how it's different than health insurance. Well, hey, Seth, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Very, very well, Rafi. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's, it's a Friday, right? <laughs> yes, 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 it is. So I'm excited about talking with you about health shares and Zion Health and, and all of that. But before we dive into that, Give us a little bit about uh, yourself, your professional background, and what brought you to what you're doing now at Zion Health. Absolutely. No, I appreciate uh, the invite to be on this and, and looking forward to our conversation. Um, so I actually come from about just around 25 years of professional experience in higher education. So vice president, president of a number of different universities, both U.S. domestically as well as internationally. Um, we've lived outside the U.S. as well. And so one of the core kind of passions I have is, is this education component. I firmly believe that uh, the more educated each of us are, the better the world becomes um, and yeah. the better we can help one another. And so that's kind of one of the things that really attracted me uh, to, to Zion HealthShare. Um, this is not necessarily an industry or a space that I directly come from. What's interesting is uh, growing up, my my father was a, a top sales uh, person for Prudential Insurance and John Deere Insurance. So I've been around the insurance space <laughs> yeah. quite a bit, uh, but it doesn't make me an expert. Uh, but what I do know is that the healthcare industry is changing. And I wish I could get on here, and I'm sure you would agree. I wish we could say that change meant good, but unfortunately, <laughs> I don't know if that's really the case. Yeah. There's just so many, there, there are things we can control, um, and then there's some outliers. There's things that we can't control, right? And I think what Zion as a health share and the health share industry actually is we're trying to help empower and give power back to the individuals, back to the families when it comes to the, their their health care. And so that is, and, and the fact that I get to help people learn is what really what drew me to, to Zions. Um, it was kind of a marriage made in heaven. I've, I've got my my leadership experience and the opportunity yeah. to develop new people. But then I know that what we're offering, the services, the products we offer, really have the ability to, to, to kind of change the trajectory of people's lives. And that is the greatest currency you could ever have. So that's really kind of what drew me to Zions and, and, and the health share itself. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And we'll talk more about the whole education component. But for those, you mentioned that Zion is a health share. So for those that aren't familiar with the concept, um, what is a health share and how is it different from like what traditionally would be called like health insurance or, or something like that? Yeah, no, great, great question. So health shares really what they are is a low cost alternative to health insurance. So as you mentioned, it's it's important to understand that, that health shares are not insurance, yeah. but we're an alternative to insurance. Um, and what that means is we have a... a a community of like-minded people. And that's kind of the genesis and, and this, the foundation of health shares is being able to be a part of a community where people do want to help one another and understand that we're all gonna have ups and downs in our lives and, and we will need that support too. And so our focus is really on, on sharing those medical costs. Uh, the nice thing is most health shares are a nonprofit organization, which it can be a huge difference in insurance, right? Because yeah. now, 
there are a lot of outside costs, for example, that go into insurance itself. You may not always, uh, as they say, get what you pay for, um, which is, is a challenge. Health shares really try and change that dynamic. We try and really make a direct correlation between your healthcare needs, your situations, and the cost. And try and remove middlemen. We try and remove all this part so that there really is an opportunity to feel like you, you have more control over your health. We definitely promote a healthy community, um, understanding that a healthy individual is going to be a, a better you know, citizen. Is They're going to have a better impact. Um, and so we really try and, try and promote that healthy lifestyle as well. And a lot of health shares, the genesis came from kind of faith-based, a, a religious yeah. component, which is, again, it's a, it's an interesting way to start a business because people don't always connect business and religion. And uh -huh. the world we live in right now, that can be a very, as they want to call it, toxic or woke situation. Um, and so one of the things that's, that's really helped design be different and attracted a lot of people is we do want like-minded community. We want people that believe in something, something higher than themselves, but we don't identify with a specific religion or a set of beliefs per se, which makes us very inclusive. It, it allows people from all walks of life to really be able to benefit from what we have to offer. And so that is, it's really, um, it's really nice to have that. What it does is it also can, can create some challenges. Because when you do come up with certain policies and things like that, there may be people who are outside of what you would see as a traditional member. Um, but I think we really try and, and incorporate as much as possible in that capacity. So there are there are some similarities between health shares and insurance, but there's also uh, enough differences that uh, we're seeing great growth and more and more people really wanting to tap into it. Yeah. And well, it seems like you mentioned the whole the faith based thing when so I haven't had insurance like traditional insurance in you know six seven years or something like that I've been on health shares ever since um, when you know started the entrepreneurship thing um, yep and it seemed like early on the only choices you had in the health share market were faith based like a lot some of them went so yeah. far as like you had to get a signed letter from a pastor or something like that saying you were in good standing with a church or something like that and there were many people that I knew who were, again, entrepreneurs are trying to figure out something for healthcare, but they didn't, you know, maybe they didn't align with any kind of faith. And they're like, well, how am I going to get covered? So it was a big barrier for folks getting into um, an alternative to, you know, like even an exchange, uh, like on the marketplace or something like that, because those are still very expensive and almost cost prohibitive in some cases. So um, in regards to like health share versus health insurance, like what are some of the considerations that someone may want to explore before they sign up for a health share? Because, you know, sometimes when you say, I'm not going to do traditional insurance, some people are going to run away anyways, but there's a, there's a core Absolutely. of the population that's, yeah. that's more yep. risk tolerant and they're willing to explore it. What are the, some of the things that they need to look at and say, okay, like these are some of the things to be aware of how a health share will be different than, than traditional insurance. No, great, great point. And and I can tell you that I think one of the greatest addictions in the United States of America oh, yeah. right now is health insurance. It is it has become what I would say is a drug of choice. And so it has become it's blinded so many people that there are options. And what happens yeah. is as people open up that door and their eyes start to open, they're looking in what wait, there are other options. And then unfortunately, we all go through this. We look behind us and go, oh, my gosh, how much money did I waste yeah. on health insurance over X number of years, whether it's company provided or not. And so, you know, first thing to look at when you're looking at a health share and saying, you know, is this is do I want to take control of my finances? Meaning I understand kind of my general health. I understand what my needs are going to be. And there's always going to be an unexpected. But do I understand that? And if so, uh I want to make sure that I have the, the finances in order that align with a health share. Now, the great thing about health shares and why people come over is because they save money, right? And, and so there is, but it's also important that you manage that financial because financial stability and financial kind of education and clarity is an important part to our mental health and well-being, as well as it impacts every decision we make on a daily basis. So looking at the financials, saying, you know what, I, I can I can afford that per month. I understand what that means. Here are the services that I'm going to be provided. So finances is, is, is very important. Also, the number of people that you're looking to cover in your family, because the way most health share plans are set up, 
you have the member or the individual. You may have a member and spouse or partner, kids. Maybe it's a member without a spouse but have kids. So we have different categories. And you want to see, okay, how many people are going, do I need to make sure are covered within a specific health share plan? Because that's going to determine the amount of monthly membership dues that you're paid. And also, if there are individuals that are maybe higher risk, you understand that there are going to be upcoming medical expenses, right? Value alignment is what we call it, which goes back to what we we're just talking about, the, the, the beliefs. What is it that that health share believes? And can I stand behind that? Like, you know, there are some products, services we've all purchased, used, that if somebody asks, if we haven't had a good experience, or if we don't know everything, or if we are nervous, we're kind of hesitant to raise our hand and say, I recommend them, right? Part of that is because of what they believe. And so we want to make sure people feel comfortable and confident um, because they are trusting us that we are going to help them in their time of need when it comes to uh, sharing of medical costs. And oftentimes our members also trust us because we're going to try and help them for, for find a really good provider. Because that's another, you know, with the health insurance, you have a network. Yeah, exactly. And so you, you get put in a box, right? Or as I say, it's one of those straight jackets. So your eyes aren't closed. So you can see all these great options. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, but you get that one. You're yeah. like, what? But I'm paying this. And so what happens with healthcare is there is no, no specific provider. You have an option to really dive in. And I know that you have, have done some really good podcasts. I, I encourage people to go back and listen to, to some of your podcasts about TPCs. Because I think that's a powerful, powerful connection for health shares. It's one of the things we take pride in is, is really understanding these, these direct, right, primary care providers. They are all about the people. Um, I have to share real quick. One of the things I learned, we had a, a family doctor where we used to live. Phenomenal. Our boys loved him. We loved him. Phenomenal. Just so good. The way our, our appointments started to change, and we felt like we were getting disconnected. Then one day he sent us a text and says, hey, I've left this practice. And we said, well, why? He said, because I was given a five to 10 minute time limit to yeah. meet with each patient. And I said, that's impossible. He goes, <laughs> I wish it was. Yeah. I wish it was. So he went to a completely different field to, to do things. But that hit me. And that literally was right before I, I um, was looking at design health care. And I just went, what a... What a world we live in, where one of the most important aspects of our life, when it comes to health care, and in a system where you're forced almost every step of the way to follow a certain pattern, this option with health shares, you get to pick your providers. And oftentimes, you know, we have actually resources here on our team. They proactively will be are searching every day and creating a list of providers, surgery, eternity, whatever it is that can best help our members to save them costs but make sure that they still get the absolute best, highest level of service. So those are some of the few things that I think are really important for people to be looking at when it comes to health shares is, you know, the, the provider network, your values, do they align your personal finances as well as, you know, who, who needs to be yeah. covered within your plan? Yeah. Yeah. I think the whole like in network is that network thing. I always like to joke, you know, you go to some of these big, healthcare providers and it's just the way they're set up because they're they're set up on this insurance model and you walk in sometimes you're like oh i don't have health insurance i have a health share and some people are like i just don't know how this works anymore and, and i'm like this should be the easiest transaction of your day you tell me how much right. it costs i pay it and then we call it a day but healthcare has gotten so convoluted no one knows how much anything costs the insurance is going to write stuff off do we bill it how does it work that just the simple act of walking in and saying i need health you know, I need just some kind of healthcare service is like providers yeah. just don't know what to do with it sometimes. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things I've learned about all these codes. Yeah. And they have, I mean, do you want to talk about like secret codes? There are so many codes that are used in order to make sure that that, that health insurance and healthcare is again, down a certain path. It's a very predictable model. The irony is none of us know what that model is. Yeah. And exactly. and so with health shares, it is very predicted. You know, if you pay your monthlies, you have a condition, you have something come up that you can share in those requ requests and we're going to help pay. Like that's a pretty self-explanatory yeah, model. Pretty straightforward. We have nothing to hide. It's very transparent. Yeah. Well, and um, I mean, I'm sure other insurance companies do this too, but, but Zion, if you go to the website and their membership guidelines is very clear about what is covered, what is not covered, 
Um, maybe we can talk a little bit about like an IUA and how that's how that's different from a um, a deductible. But uh, there's basically it, it, health shares in general, and Zion does a really good job of this. Makes what was very convoluted very transparent to members, partly because it's it's part of the value prop, I'm sure. But then it also just helps people make better decisions, right, about whether to choose maybe a provider or a type of uh, procedure over another. Correct. Yeah, no, it's it, you're spot on, Rafi. And it's, what's interesting is, again, anything in, in the world we live in today seems like it can be quickly polarized. And so the irony is we can we lay out in our member guidelines, as do, I think, most health chairs. Um, they're pretty transparent when it comes to their member guidelines. But I've read on a variety of different boards, Reddit and all this stuff, that the people that maybe are scared, skeptical, maybe they've even had a bad experience with health shares, right? One of their main reasons is... Um, make sure you get up front everything that's covered. Yeah. Like like that's a threat. But the reality is, yeah, we agree. Make sure you look through the guidelines and understand because there are certain things based on a health share's beliefs, their system that they may not cover that a traditional health insurance may. And again, that's something to look into. The beauty is we really try and make sure that you understand that. So you, you mentioned kind of the, the IUA. So that's a difference, right? Where health insurance, traditional health insurance, you have a uh, your deductible as well as your premiums. That's what you pay. And in health shares, what we call is an IUA or really it's your an individual unshareable amount. So it's we have plans of 1,000, 2,500 or 5,000. So really what that means is once you open up a request for a health need, and you're paying your monthly, your membership dues each week. Once you reach that $1,000, your IUA, everything after that starts getting putting in to the community sharing request. So you know for that specific event, the max you're paying out is 1000 That's a huge win. There's yeah. no more of these 60% based on if you're right-handed, 75% if you're left-handed, right? It's not all of the, It's yeah. very, this is what it is. Um, and, and so that's that's a, another component that's transparent, but it's funny because it does become a polarizing item. You know, again, I laugh because they think it's a threat. Make sure you know what they're covered. Like, you're exactly right. And I would say the same thing with your insurance. Make sure you understand what's actually being yeah. covered. Well, and the reality is with, with many insurance plans, what I have found, because we run a clinic as well, like I've found that most of the people that come in to receive care have a general idea about what is covered and how much, but no specifics. You know, when you talk, start talking about deductibles yep. and then there's coinsurance after the deductible and then there's the out-of-pocket max and then there's a copay. Most people walk into a healthcare facility and they're like, how much is it going to cost? <laughs> you yeah, know, like, yeah, exactly. At least with something like a health share that's very, very transparent, it might be more than maybe you want to pay, but I mean, no one wants to pay anything for healthcare, right? It might be right. more. But at least, you know, like, OK, once I hit this thousand dollars, that's it. You know, everything else yeah. is going to get shared. Um, yep. And that just level of transparency is almost it's I mean, it's unfound in in the health insurance market for sure. Right. Right. And again, that's uh, that's something that is used against us because there is not that where we just lay it out like it is. And and but it, as a health share, there's an understanding there may be certain costs. Maybe there's a pre-existing condition that we oh, yeah. can't cover. We 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 try and share, get as much of that out before you even have to make a decision. So it's not you're not blindsided. Now, are you going to have those situations? Always. There's always going to be somebody down the road said, I didn't know. We get it. We try and help educate and learn. But the reality is we we really try and be transparent on, on all of those kinds of things, because every one of those becomes an emotional decision at some point. Exactly. And we want to be a part of, of a positive part of that decision. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned pre-existing conditions because health shares aren't health insurance. They're not required like insurance companies under the Affordable Care Act are to cover some of those pre-existing conditions. So um, it yep. is one of those considerations, people looking at health insurance or, or health care coverage like that. That's something you want to be aware of is that many health shares don't cover at least initially, don't cover pre-existing conditions. I, I think Zion has like a step um, yeah. thing where it's like you they don't cover anything the first year, and then there's so much the second and the third year, and then it's it's covered or whatever. Um, but it is something right. to be aware of, and many people don't know that, even if they're getting health insurance. Sometimes yeah. they're just they're right. trusting well, that it's, whatever it is is covered. Yeah, exactly. And and honestly, 
One of the reasons that is put into play for all health shares is to help keep costs down. I mean, you can only imagine using this model and everybody bringing every pre-existing condition yeah. to the table. There'd be no more money. Like we would have to up, you know, your monthly dues would be higher than your premiums, period. So that is one of those considerations. It doesn't mean that I think all health shares are always focused on what can we do more? Is there a way, are there certain pre-existing conditions we can take a look at? For example, diabetes, there's some things you just are inherently part of it. So with that, then then how can we best help them when they become a member? What resources, all of that? Yeah, for sure. And um, something about the cost, it was in my brain and then it slipped. Okay, so all of these pre-existing conditions and obviously like if everybody jumped in, there's, there's running the cost up. At what point is there like a, a discussion to be had about pre, like preventative before, like as members come in and maybe not preventative is not the right word. If they're coming with something like diabetes or something like that, you said you have resources and all that, which speaks to the education piece. So how does Zion take a, a look at, okay, here's somebody, maybe they have a pre-existing condition and they're not eligible for sharing yet. What are some of the ways maybe educationally or resource wise that Zion helps kind of promote that positive health those proactive decisions so that by the time they are eligible for sharing, it's less of a cost across the entire you know population of the, the membership. That's it's such a great point. Um, and one of the things uh, people have asked, you know, me, what, what's your vision? You've joined Zion. What's your vision of the future? And, and again, Zion started in 2019 and they've seen incredible growth year after year as we are this year as uh, once again. And so we are a health care or health share in community, right? Um, and people ask, what's, what's your vision? I really see Zion being coming, becoming a transformational, maybe a disruptor in the health share from literally the education component. Yeah. I think we have the ability to become one of the best education organizations within the health share, meaning, so right now when you join, um, and even before sometimes with, with people, we do a welcome, an, an orientation call, 30, 45 minutes, individually with every member. We want them and we our people teach them specifically about the member guidelines, how to submit a sharing request, what the cost will be, what the pre-existing conditions are, all of that to really help provide as much education upfront as possible. Uh, and that tr- continues. And so one of the things we are, are working on, we've launched a new member portal. Um, it's very basic, it's very simple, and it can only go up. And so yeah. there's a lot of things that we want to do with it. We we hear from the members often, hey, we need this, we need this. Totally agree. But we also felt it was important to at least get it started so that yeah, people exactly. saw. Have to get something out the door. Yeah, yeah. And you're, you know, here's my thought. If you ever wait for perfection, you're never going to launch. Like just, that's just not going to happen. And so we, um, as part of that, that process with the member portal down the road is really having courses that help teach people about wellness, mental health, well-being. When it comes to, for example, uh, diabetes, or you're getting to an age where colonoscopy is important, we're teaching you the preventative measures, right? Um, One of the things I've asked the team is, as we look to 2024 that I want to focus on, we have great members who pay every month, and they're healthy as heck. They're playing the pickleball, they do all like, and so they're not using any resources, any benefits, but they're paying each month. We want to make sure they understand that the preventative components we do offer as part of their regular monthlies are being used. So we're going to have a focus on reaching out to people that haven't submitted sharing requests to let them know that you should be using our benefits. We want to help you because here's the deal. If you're using, using preventative, you're potentially helping a high risk down the road. Oh, exactly. Right. For sure. And so that education is critical for us. We absolutely want to get dialed in on that component. Um, and the the other thing is we we also have a resource and it's going to be developed and continue to get larger and larger. But we have something called um, the annual giving committee and annual giving fund where we have members who will donate additional monies outside of their regular that our board of directors. We will look at certain cases, situations. Um, and if we have a feel and determine that that makes sense to help a member, we'll actually use some of that money into sharing for that specific member. And so there may be a pre-existing condition with someone and they're close to reaching their year mark or whatever. If we can help maybe build a gap there, we're going to try and do what we can to help them. Um, we also, again, I go back to like the DPCs and all of these things. There are certain people that we work with. There are providers who are like, we can work on a monthly payment. 
let's go let's yeah. help them right and, and i think again that's not something i don't think you're going to be getting from an insurance company because they're looking to enter a code and get a get a get an amount right uh, and so I think that that's another very, very important component. Yeah. Well, and, and like you said, there a lot of those insurance companies are making decisions based off code and volume and numbers. And until you get to the, you know, like United Healthcare is not going to make a big decision unless it becomes 5% of the budget or, or whatever it Correct. is. Right. You know, like right. Um, the the proactive kind of approach of because we you have the ability with Zion to be like, okay, we're going to try giving you some resources now so that we can avoid, you know, mm -hmm. whatever big procedure down the road is something theoretically that insurance companies should be doing. And some of them are trying to get there now, but it's, it's all kind of like playing catch up as opposed to like starting out the gate. Um, right. And I, I, I do want to talk about like the, maybe the, even the two types of education that's coming like that y'all are, are having to do because most people when i say oh i don't have health insurance i mean their eyes get this big and they're like you've got a family and how irresponsible so like there's the whole like okay we need to educate you about what a health share is and how it's different and then educate you about like okay now that you're here um let's like right. empower you to become healthier so uh, i mean i guess just from like a, a curiosity standpoint what percentage would you think like the effort that you're putting in the education space how much of it is like getting people aware of that health share is an option and then once they're there this other type of education about you know just promoting being healthy yeah no it's a, it's a great point so within our model design we have affiliates we have companies um we've got dpcs who will directly refer people to to us one of the things we are continuing to improve and work on is we have an for example we have an uh, affiliate education so our affiliates become educated. They may offer a wide range of options uh, because they're affiliates, they're salespeople, they, and that's their world, which is great, and we need those. So we we start right off the bat by making sure we um, educate our affiliates so that they're not just having a, a couple selling bullet points. They need to understand, and people that may want to look at a membership, they understand what that means. They get that education right up front. So really our front lines, we try and make sure are, are educated as much as possible. Then I, I talked to you about our member care team who really take care of the orientation, the welcome call, walking them through that. Uh, and then our member needs team on the back end, they're helping with all those sharing requests, the maternity, preventative, long-term. We make determinations. We get as much information. We get the medical records. We then make determinations saying, okay, this amount is approved once they've reached their IUA of 1,000. And and we are doing as much as we can administratively on the back in order to best help um, our members when it comes to you know what it is that they they need from services. Uh, one of the prime examples I can tell you is, is our maternity. I think it's one of the differentiators that we offer is our maternity sure. services. Um, we were in a in a um, in a company meeting not too long ago, and somebody said, "Yeah, we had forty two babies this month." <laughs> I'm like, "What?" And yet every every one of those, whether there were challenges or some risks with a pregnancy, every one of those had nothing but an incredible experience. We send them flowers. I mean, we do some of the extra things out there because we, uh, we really care about our members. But be, the reason why that experience was, was so good is because we tried to help throughout the entire process before, right? Once they knew they were pregnant. We were providing them with suggestions in their area of people to go to, whether they wanted a midwife, whether they, whatever it was, if they needed a separate procedure, we would be able to help them find the best cost. So we were saving them money. So when it came to actually going in to deliver their baby, C-section, natural birth, midwife, doesn't matter. They got to uh, absorb the experience of that to be a new parent, right? That's huge. That is so important. And again, I don't know if you get that outside of health shares. Um, yeah. is personal experience, but it's because of our team's ability to try and help educate members prior to that, because we can all be reactionary. That's that again, health shares for health um, insurance is fairly substantial in the reactionary part of life. Health shares really wants to try and get ahead of it so that when those risks, when those big things come in, you can keep going your stress levels minimized, you can focus on the problem, you can focus on what you need to. Um, and so one, I think I just I mentioned it before, our, there's going to be a huge focus on education, online education, almost an LMS kind of feel for yeah. our members. Because here's the thing, when a member has a good experience, 
they're going to go over and tell their neighbor, right? Now we're getting more community members. Now we're starting to build, but it's being built off a reputation of truly being there for a member. It's not on specifically a name or a dollar or a, a number. It's based on real, real experiences from everyday uh, individuals, families. Um, that That's a huge component. Yeah, no, I'll I'll definitely second that. We've had a couple of babies actually through uh, while we've been covered design, and it it's unbelievable. Like we get one person that's like, "Hey, I'm so and so, and I'm going to be your um, your maternity person," and they help with yeah. everything. You know, like they're we're shooting emails back and forth. They're giving us some pointers. You know, this is what to expect now, and you know these are these are some of the things you need to do. So that by the time we went in to deliver, it was like, okay, we knew everything was covered, and even if things went a different way, you know, maybe we needed to have a C-section yeah. or whatever. We already knew everything ahead of time. It wasn't like going in hoping like, okay, well, if something goes wrong, what does that mean for my deductible or this or that, or, or is it going to be covered or, or anything like that? Like it is yeah, a, a pretty unique experience. I'd, I'd be uh, interesting to see like how <laughs> that scales over time as you get more and more members. Like one of the challenges I'm sure, one of the things you need to plan for is like what happens, we were talking offline, like you've got 50,000 yeah. members about now, like what happens when you yeah. hit a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand? Like all of that stuff starts um, so starts coming into play, right? Right. Well, I thought it was interesting. I think you have a podcast about um, kind of the wasting technology in healthcare, something around that. I think something. Um, oh yeah, and yeah. Using technology yeah. to waste time in healthcare. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just just the title caught my interest because I'm like, you know, just the amount of resources, time, effort, the human resources that we are putting in to try and ensure technology is supporting what our vision is, it's enormous. It yeah. is enormous. And one of the things I want us to, to continue to improve here, Zion, is making sure that we're using that time wisely, our development time wisely, understanding it. And so what happens is, you know, I wish I could sit here and say that every single member has an incredible experience, but guess what? They don't. And, yeah. and we have people who don't like us and there are members who have left us and and we hate to see that, but we want to learn from those too. So when we see, for example, bad reviews because of technology, right? Google, wherever, we want to learn from those. We don't want to discredit and go, oh, well, that's just because of X, Y, Z. But one of the fundamental things that we are realizing, which is helping us kind of guide our vision, um, is the is the education component. Oftentimes, bad experiences from members are coming because of a lack of understanding. Uh -huh. and, and 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 some of that is on our on ours and we'll take accountability for it but it's also some on theirs too where you know we know that we did the orientation call welcome call we you know we have documentation that we've had different calls with them but for whatever they still misunderstood it um we're not here to point blame we're here to get better and so uh that 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 whole podcast about the technology I was just like you know that is it's an interesting thing because it is so easy to become so dependent upon technology yeah. And yet, I mean, we still have doctor's offices where we're all still filling out handwritten forms <laughs> every stinking time. It's like, wait, what? I was in here last week. Well, yeah, I know. Just in case something. And, and now Nothing we changed, also do right? see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, what changed? Uh, my middle name, initials, lowercase now. Like, so I have to do everything. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> um, so it becomes interesting. And then you have some that are much higher end, right? They have an iPad or or, or whatever. But uh, the the more efficient that we can become as as a health share in our use of technology in helping educate in helping process payments in helping ensure that we are HIPAA compliant right to protect all of our members to protect everyone all of that the better we are and yet it is easy to waste time because we start going down a rabbit hole well one member complained about this well we need to change our entire process and technology maybe that's not the case but yeah. it is easy to go down that road and so uh, you know, that, 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 um, that topic that you covered kind of even just hit me and I'm like, I need to take a step back and say, does this, are we doing the right things? Are we making the right decisions? Are we investing in the right resources in technology? Um, and if not, how do we change that quickly? Because our members deserve the best of the best. And, and that's what we want to provide. Yeah. Awesome. Well, wow, we're we're here at the bottom of the hour. I always end with this. If there's one or two main points that you would want a listener to walk away with from the episode, maybe about health share, about healthcare in general, um, what would they be? Um, so the first one would be this, um, and I and I talk to this. Uh, it's just a point that I always share. Focus on many, m i n i, 
many M-A-N-Y successes, especially when it comes to your healthcare, especially. Meaning, look at the little things that you are dealing with every day. You know, take a kind of an inventory. Where is it, your health? What are you paying? Why are you paying that? What resources do you have at your fingertips? How educated do you feel as a, as a consumer of healthcare? And take an assessment and say, you know what? I need to change things. I need to figure out a better way. I need to create a plan that's going to be more um, beneficial for my family, for myself, for my future. And then celebrate those many M-I-N-I, right, wins. Like, there's because there should be a lot of them. Yeah. But if you wait to only focus on celebrating at the large, big dream goal of financial success and independence, along with improved health, you may never get there because you're not celebrating those little things, right? And to me, that's part of this process when you're looking at a health share and, and do I want to make a change? Because change makes us nervous, yeah. right? Um, the other thing I would say is check out Zion Health Share if you haven't. Take the yeah. opportunity. Do some exploring. Um, reach out to us. Let us uh, answer your questions and, and provide insights. Um, again, because an educated consumer is a much better consumer for the world, um, not just a specific uh, health share organization. So I guess those would be my two points. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Where can people find out about uh, Zion Health? Maybe they want to connect with you. Where can they do all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So you go to our website, zionhealthshare.org, and all of the information, there's contact uh, on that. And again, I'll even put it out there. My name is Seth Saunders. And, and if you want to reach out to me on LinkedIn, I'm more than happy to, to make connections um, to, to make sure we can provide any answers or support. Awesome. Cool deal. Well, Seth, thanks so much, man. Have a good one. Thank you, Rafi. Appreciate the time. Have a good one. Well, I hope you, hopefully, whew, can't speak. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation with Seth talking about health shares, what to look for if you're interested in pursuing that route for healthcare coverage and kind of the ins and outs. I am a big fan and a big proponent of Seth's vision of, and his philosophy really of taking it from a, an educational approach. Because again, healthcare is one of those areas it's one of the few areas of where there's an economic transaction where the balance of like knowledge and power is so skewed away from the consumer. You know, most patients don't know how much things are going to cost. They have a general idea, but not really specifics. They don't really know. Um, they're not equipped with the education and the training to be able to make a decision between different uh, procedures. Um, and then again, on top of that, they don't really know the difference in cost between the procedures. They have a rough idea, but not entirely. They don't know the efficacy or they end up having to, to pick uh, option B because it looks cheaper on paper, but then it's not as effective. So then they're going to have to go get treatment A as well, which is going to add to their total cost. It's one of those areas where healthcare in general, where there's just a lot of ambiguity around that. And it's difficult for patients to make decisions. So I love Seth's idea that if we make a better educated patient, we're going to end up with decreased healthcare costs over the long run, but then we're also going to end up with hopefully better clinical outcomes because you know, you're going to be equipping and empowering patients to make the best decision for them in their situation. Um, which again, not to beat a dead horse here, but that's where something like a direct primary care relationship can really come into play because when a clinician is not taxed for time they're not trying to see 50 or 70 patients each morning or each day to make ends meet they have a little bit more time to spend with the patients they could really build a relationship dig into the, some of those underlying factors and um, help their patients make better and informed healthcare decisions so in my mind when i look at it we've got a membership to a, a direct primary care office and then we couple that with our health share and between that, those two things, we're able to manage the, the cost associated with providing health care and health services to our family um, without breaking the bank or, or hoping that it's not going to be too much money. Because we kind of go into it understanding the cost ahead of time. We're able to have a discussion with, uh, with our providers if we, if we need to, to kind of tease out, okay, give me, the, give me the breakdown on this treatment versus that treatment. In my situation, you know it, which one would be, would be the most effective or would you, would you lean towards one or, or over the other or something like that? Um, because again, healthcare is a human relationship and we walk through the, you know, our, 
our healthcare journey, our recovery journey, whatever you want to call it, with our providers, at least we should be. And those providers should be uh, helping us make decisions along the way. Um, I think, well, we're, we're not going to dive too much into that because that could be a whole topic in and of itself. In fact, it is one of the main topics of my book, Better Outcomes, A Guide to Humanizing Healthcare. You can uh, learn more about that book at book.betteroutcomes.show. And uh, the book is called Better Outcomes, A Guide to Humanizing Healthcare. It will help you discover what healthcare should be, even if you think healthcare is broken beyond repair. In fact, one of the reviews for the, the book that you can find on Amazon uh, is titled, What Healthcare Should Be. Um, it's it, the person said, not only did this book prove valuable in both regards, he was talking about what he was le- trying to learn and glean from the book, but it truly opened my eyes to the current sad state of healthcare and provided a glimpse of what it could and should be. So if you want to learn more about the book, if you want to get it on Audible, it's available there as well. You can do that at book.betteroutcomes.show. That's book.betteroutcomes.show. There's a few videos on that page of me talking a little bit about some of the fundamental uh, principles in the book, the biopsychosocial model, um, the power of relationships in healthcare. Go check that out. Again, book.betteroutcomes.show. If you like the show, I've been on this kick recently. I'm not asking you to go leave a rating and review on iTunes. We've got some of those, and those are nice. Um, If you like the show and you found it valuable, share it with one or two people that you think might benefit from it. And it doesn't even need to be this episode. You know, we've done some episodes on technology and healthcare, on various tools and technologies that are hitting the market, on various treatment approaches, on evidence-based practice. Um, and if you find any of those episodes valuable, share them with, with a friend or somebody you think will, will benefit from it. We're in the, uh, or at least I'm in the trying to transform a healthcare business, not so much the ratings and review business. Business, So um, that would probably be the, the most effective thing you can do in helping spread the message of humanizing healthcare. Just share the show with somebody. And uh, I think that's it. I think that's all I've got. So um, until the next time, folks, be safe, be healthy. I will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Better Outcome Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Our hope is that you walk away from each episode informed, equipped, and empowered to push the boundaries in your own practice or business. We want to give you the tools to help you build strong, long-lasting relationships with your patients and clients, helping meet their goals, improve their health, and achieve better outcomes. Learn more at www.RehabUPracticeSolutions.com. We'll catch you on the next episode.